Welcome to the second episode of No Liberty, where we're going to be talking about the Second Amendment with me, Ryan, and my co-host. What's up, y'all? Matt? Matt, Matt, Matt. We're here. <laughs> we're talking about the Second Amendment. I mean, there's a lot of things going on right now in the in the country, um, from bills being passed against against firearms, against people owning firearms for, for their protection, and also, um, how can you not talk about Stop Asian Hate? That's, that's the big thing going on right that's now. That's the big thing, which is something we're going to delve into because we believe there is a solution to stop Asian hate. But oh, wait, we're not really? there yet, right? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to go over you know, the history of the Second Amendment, a little brief history of the Second Amendment on the foundation for the Second Amendment. We're going to go over um, the history of gun control when it comes to the Second Amendment because you know we've had a lot of that throughout the history of this country. Um, and we're going to talk about the narrative of the Second Amendment and guns, with especially you know paying close, uh, paying close attention to communities of color. Um, so we're gonna hopefully break the the narrative that's going on right now, that's been going on in this country for quite some time. You're damn uh, right. That's what we're gonna do today. <laughs> hopefully. So let's get into it. Uh, so we want to start off kind of by, I mean, let's talk about the purpose of the Second Amendment because there's so much confusion. There's so much confusion, especially with the mass media today. Like the narratives that they put out of, of why we, why the Second Amendment was saw to be so important that the founders put it in the Constitution. You know, put it in the Bill of Rights. You know what I'm saying? And and we hear a lot of things. Um, as I'm gonna talk about a little uh, later later in the segment, but just like the academics that come out and they they only go and justify what the media is saying and they enforce what the media is saying as to what the um, founders meant when they crafted the Second Amendment. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but there's some foundations I think that we should point out, and that actually before we started recording, you started talking about this, um, and and that's the idea of natural law. You know? Uh, yeah. To understand kind of the Second Amendment, I think, in my personal opinion, I think one of the most important things we have to understand first is natural law and the idea of natural rights and the idea that. Um, you know, all men, women, or whatever you are, uh, are born with certain unalienable rights that are not given to the government, um, that precede government. Um, you're born with these rights in a state of nature, as John Locke would put it, um, who's probably most famously um, associated with natural rights and natural law. Um, basically, he says, in one of his treatises of government, he says, men are born free um, of the same moral status in the state of nature. So, Men are born with certain rights. Uh, and by men, obviously, we're talking about everybody. But um, he says, he also goes on to, with, with, in the context of natural rights, talks about how men have a duty to respect private, uh, others' property. Yep. Which includes life and their life and liberties. Um, another look at natural rights that I wanted to point out was by Murray Rothbard. He kind of takes it a little more extreme. And he basically boils natural rights down to self-ownership basically if you want to be as free as possible and and if you want and if we are to recognize these so-called natural rights the only way to do it is to guarantee each individual self-ownership that is you own your body you own your property um you own yourself you defend it by any means possible and and you have the right not only the right but the duty to defend these things you know Mm -hmm. including your family and your property you have the duty to do these things um and so like I wanted to highlight this because people know, I mean, you know, unless you're in political science class or whatever in school, nobody's talking about the concept of natural law or natural rights and the fact that regardless of where you are born in the world, every human being is endowed with certain rights, self-defense being one of them. Mm -hmm. And, And I think the fact that, you know, this is something that we should almost, every pro 2A person should be emphasizing is we have to understand that you're born with these rights. Nobody is giving these rights to you. Therefore, nobody can take these rights from you. You know what I'm saying? They happen to be codified in the Constitution, in the Bill of Rights. They happen to be listed. But that's because the founders saw, obviously, the right to bear arms as important. Yeah. They needed to write it down. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I just wanted to make sure that we and that we also understand that Natural law does not, is not divine is not divine law, which I think from what I've read, you know, when I read about things, I see people getting confused. So just to, I just wanted to make this uh, distinction that natural law, like I said, can be realized through your own self, through your person. Natural law is you're free as a matter of being. You know, you're you're born, you have you're just free. You you happen to be born, and your your state is free. You're free. You're born free. These are the rights we're endowed with. Um, divine law 
However, it can only be discovered through God, whoever your God is. Um, and so that's the difference. Now, I don't like when people when people mix those up because I've been saying that a lot and it's it's lame. But um, and another thing, the the misconception about why we have the concept or the Second Amendment in the first place. You know what I'm saying? So as we were talking about before we started recording, there's a lot of narratives being pushed that are not that are incorrect uh, as to the origins of the Second Amendment and why we need the Second Amendment, why the Second Amendment was put in the Constitution in the first place. Um, and so the article I was pointing out, and this is this is the main this is what, this is like the main narrative around the Second Amendment, yeah. the mainstream narrative. Would you say? Uh, was what I'm about to point 100%. out. And so. Um, there was an article in the Notre Dame Law Journal, um, and it basically argued that because the author basically argued that because nearly half of all American gun owners say they that the purpose of their guns are for hunting, that the Second Amendment is indeed about hunting. That- and that's <laughs> basically where the line stops. So. And the the author might give a little leeway to, oh, yeah, you should own a, you know, I guess you can own a, fire, uh, a pistol, a handgun, but other than that, it's all about hunting. And that's their yeah. rationale. That's these people's rationales because the majority of Americans today are not using it to fight yeah. the government. No, that, it, that it's not. That's not its intention. We don't. We don't think like the founding fathers. I mean, Thomas Jefferson. Um, if he was here right now, he'd be sick. He'd be yeah. He, well, Mostly because the slaves are. And then he'd be like, okay, so how many revolu- How many revolutions ago did they start doing this? Right. And they're like, oh, we haven't had one since 250 years ago. What the heck? Is I know. Like, How did this happen? He's right? like, yeah. Every twenty years, they were trying to reset everything, right? <laughs> right. And so, um, but the counter to this, the the actual, I mean, the idea that the that the Second Amendment's purpose is for hunting, I don't know, because I guess nearly half of Americans, as this author purports, use guns for and hunting. And just because you use a firearm, um, doesn't mean you're really knowledgeable about the Second Amendment. I mean, because if you were to ask, uh, if if they sold a million sneakers. And then 700,000 of those people use them for work. Are they now just work sneakers? No, they're still running sneakers. Um, yeah. If you ask all the slave owners back in in the 1700s, if, if slavery was okay, I mean, they would all say it's okay. Doesn't Obviously. mean it's okay. Sur- surveys and majority... Sanction, popular sanction popular doesn't... Sanction, yeah, doesn't equal doesn't, morality. Exactly. I mean. And so... When we talk about the Second Amendment, we're talking about the actual purpose of the Second Amendment and why we feel so strongly about the Second Amendment. Because of the actual reasons it was listed in the Bill of Rights, which are protection against a tyrannical government and protection for your family, your life, and your property. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Not only as your right, but as your duty to defend these things. You know what I'm saying? So, And, and this is shown throughout not only the founding documents, but just throughout history when in, in the context of the American uh, founders. Like if 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 the Second Amendment was not about a tyrannical government or protecting your your life no. and your, you know what I'm saying? We would have evidence to that. We would, but we have evidence to the contrary. You yeah. know, when you, one thing that the founders are famous for. You don't even have to read a book or Google this to know this that they were skeptical of the government. Yeah, I mean that's the whole rev, whole revolution thing. They, you know they were traitors to the British. Yeah, and that's what they, they were that's, patriots. That's what, yeah, they were. and um, so. <laughs> And and we look out when we look through history, like we see examples of the founders expressing um, concerns about a tyrannical government. They they're yeah. com- showing that they're you know um, paranoid almost about ty- tyrants. Yeah. And one of the um, one piece I was reading was the Federalist Number Forty Six, where Madison goes out of his way to assure to the people that. The Constitution has enough checks and balances to prevent a tyrant from coming in because the people were so concerned or the the founders and and these people were so concerned that of a tyrant coming up, you know, even with the Constitution, they thought maybe it it gave certain people too much, too much power. So Madison went out of his way to try and be like, like the Constitution has enough checks and balances that it's not going to be likely that that would happen, you know. But when you have to go out of your way to convince people this, there's clearly that paranoia of ty- of tyranny, you know, and that that resistance to tyranny that is natural in the population, um, and even the most classic, I think, example is in the Declaration of Independence, where um, they basically state that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right, it is the right and the duty of the people to uh, abolish it or alter it. You know what I'm saying? It's like if the founders were not suspicious of government, suspicious of Majority rule, suspicious of tyranny, 
these things would not like this they would not be saying these no, things you know wouldn't. they would not make it so important yeah. that they would put it in the founding documents and another thing i want to in, interject uh-huh. this about the, when they talk about a well-regulated militia mm. a lot of people think that they meant only allow the state to have firearms mm-hmm. when the people fighting against the british who were the militia was was the ordinary farmer was the ordinary uh worker there yeah. just ordinary people every single day who or, like, if you look at today, the reason we don't really rebel is because we haven't been affected as much as we, as, we don't know how, how bad we've been affected. Mm-hmm. It, it got to the point in the 13 colonies where they were just not able to go about their day when the British were literally putting people, putting soldiers into their homes, invading yeah. their privacy, invading, yeah. invading them, that, that they could not turn their cheek away from it anymore. They had to fight. I mean, nobody wants war. Nobody wants to yeah. go through that because war is ugly. Yeah. But it came to the point where they had to fight, yeah. and I hope we don't get to that point here. But, I mean, I mean, who, I mean, with the laws that we, you know we're gonna mention later, yeah. I mean, who knows? But um, and another, just one more thing I wanted to point out. This is a, a quote by, I can't even say the name. Can you say that? Tank. Tank Cox. Something like that. T-N-C-H-C-O-X-E. There you go. There you go. Winnie Madison's ally, um, who was a delegate to the con- to the Continental Congress for Pennsylvania, for Pennsylvania, wrote this: um, "As civil rulers, not having their duty to the people duly before them, may attempt to tyrannize, and as the military forces, which must be occasionally raised to defend our country, occasionally, occasionally raised." No, I, I like that. Occasionally raised to defend our country might pervert their power to the injury of their fellow citizens. The people are confirmed by the next article, um, in the right in their right to keep and bear their private arms. First of all, let's talk about that. Their private arms. So that you know, this is one. And so when when uh, Madison's ally wrote this, Madison actually responded and said, "Thank you for doing that. Like, thank you for outlining this for yeah. like for me and and clarifying and." It's so important that we read private arms because, like you say, people are they. And I actually had a professor um, go on a tirade for the whole class talking about how well regulated, well regulated militias meant the state, not the people. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, well, you know, what I'm saying history says the contrary, you know, contrary yeah. to that. But I suppose. I mean, in many of the thirteen colonies, um, they had laws saying that if you were age sixteen to forty nine, mm. you were the militia. You were required. Dude. To own a firearm, to own gunpowder, to own all the materials, because you know it took like thirty minutes to load your gun back in, right? Wow. But you were required <laughs> by law to own a firearm from the age of sixteen to forty nine, mm. and and even women who were the head of the house were required to own a firearm. I mean, they weren't going to throw you in prison for not owning one, but they yeah. they highly suggested you own a firearm to protect yourself and your family and your country. Yeah, that's that's another day what it's, what it's about. Yeah, and well, you know, and even pre, and, and going off of that, when we, I read a really interesting article. Today, actually, on the 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 origins of of the Second Amendment, the origins of bearing arms, and when you can trace it really back to Anglo-Saxon times in England, and um, it's interesting because they they had it basically. The English Bill of Rights, you know, sp- explicitly say you know you have the right to bear arms or whatever, and um, that's in England, of course. Let's yeah. not talk about the colonies, but. Uh, and it, it, they talk about how England at one point you, they had no police or nothing like that. It was. Incumbent upon the citizens to take their weapons when a crime was announced and go and handle. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, but these people had whatever weapon. You know, yeah. Like they recognized that, and you know, I mean, they, they changed those laws shortly after. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> as, they, America, as right? most countries do, right? But, yeah. um, but just the idea that people, that people and academics and intellectuals are out here trying to justify the idea that the Second Amendment is only for hunting or specifically for hunting, even in today's context. Is yeah. is just incorrect and misinformed. I mean, uh, when you look at the history, I mean, the founding fathers would have said if it was just for hunting. Like, well, I mean, there are there are clear yeah. there are clear examples of history showing not only that the found that the framers were just extremely scared of tyrants, but that they understood that the second that the right to bear arms was their yeah. defense against tyrants. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, um, it was never meant to. Feed, I mean, it was never specifically meant to feed the family. You know, to go no. hunt, to go hunt. Well, yeah. it's a tool and can be used for that. And it clearly is used for that. That's not the origin. That's not the meaning of the Second Amendment. 
um, as codified in the United States and the Constitution. No, yeah, you have your natural your natural rights. That's really what it comes yeah. down to your, your your natural rights. Your natural rights, which precede the Constitution, precede government, precede the Bill of Rights. You have your natural rights, whether or not the government recognizes them. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to understand. Like people want to talk about, like you know, we need gun control, whatever. Like I'm sorry, but you, like I always wonder, like how do you believe you have the right to tell me how I can and cannot defend my family and property? I don't get that. You know what I mean? But so and and you know it's a lot. But and now you know hopefully, hopefully we establish some kind of you know purpose of the the yeah. the um, Second Amendment. And I'm actually interested. So for what we're gonna go over next, well, what Ryan's actually gonna you know inform me on more specifically is the history of gun control. The history of gun control. I want to get into a little bit like so a little bit of pop culture. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if many of you have seen the movie 300. I personally have not. You personally have not. <laughs> no. Well, there's a scene where um, King Leonidas uh-huh. is basically, it's going to lose. He knows it's going to lose, right? And then uh, King Xerxes, uh, the Persian King Xerxes, tells him that he'll spare him and his 300 soldiers if he surrenders and they lay down the weapons. And they were fighting with knives, of course, right? And swords and they had the armor because they didn't have yeah. guns, right? Yeah. And then this is where the phrase comes from, come and get it. He's a molen labe. Oh, really? Come and take it. <laughs> because he'd rather die on uh-huh. his die on his feet than live on his knees. That's a quote from Emiliano Zapata as well. He's yeah. a great Latino revolutionary as well. Um, but that's that's something that I take to heart personally, that come and take it. I mean, there's a reason why, why any time any politician who's in D.C., Talks about wanting to take your farms. People who own farms, they kind of they kind of feel like a little little something to them. Like if you, if you've seen the movie The Patriot when he's running, saying "Hold the line," mm-hmm. we're yelling "Hold the line" in our head. We're like "Hold the line, yeah, right? Yeah, You're not yeah. gonna take it. Yeah. <laughs> Come and take it, right?" Um, and Lord knows they try. And Lord knows they try. I mean, people talk about Obama. Obama. Oh, Donald Trump passed more gun control than Obama. Well, yes, that's true. Obama did attempt many times though to pass gun control. He just wasn't able to because he didn't have both both the House and the Senate. I mean, if your if your wife or your girlfriend tried to cheat on you ten times but didn't work, she still tried to cheat on you. Yeah, That's what yeah. I'm saying, right? And, and but um, so don't give him too much credit. Is all I'm saying. Don't give him too much credit. Obama, for not, Obama, for not think, doing. Anything. I don't think much folks do, but no, people are saying, no, I know, well, I know the argument. But yeah. you get what I'm saying, right? Um, history of gun control in North America. The first gun control law actually enacted in North America was in uh, Jamestown, Virginia. Among over 30 rules passed, one of them that was passed was, quote, that no man do sell or give any Indians any piece, shot, or powder, or any other arms, offensive or defensive, upon pain of being held a traitor to the colony and of being hanged as soon as the fact is proved without all redemption. Wow, so the first... So you're telling me the first gun laws in this country were directed towards natives. Towards natives. Basically saying... Specifically. It says specifically specifically, Indians. Do not talk with Indians about... Do not sell Indians any firearms. Do not fix their guns. Do not help them with anything related to a firearm. I mean, as much as I love this country, and I'm not going to lie, I'm I'm glad that America is what America is. That America... that. The British, that I mean, that yeah, the, you're glad what happened. I'm glad, like, whatever, but I'm not glad here. that people's rights were violated and things like that. I mean, because this is a whole other conversation into into people, into tribes and countries invading other countries, which is something that has been done all throughout history. Yeah, it's not it's, unique to anybody, it's, it's not, not unique, unique to, to anybody. anybody. Conquest is not unique to anybody, it's not unique to anybody. Doesn't mean it's right what happened, yeah, because war, war is an evil that shouldn't happen, right? Um, but. They understood that, I mean, the British understood, well, the 13 colonies, and they, they were still British, they were the colonizers, right? Yeah. The colonizers understood that they needed to act, enact gun control to prevent people from protecting themselves, protecting themselves, which is something that still happens today, that there are certain people, they don't want to have firearms. Why don't they want us to have firearms? I'm not entirely sure, right? That will figure that way. And right? I think we can even argue that the state doesn't want anybody to have firearms. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and it's not nearly as racially motivated as it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but I, I think as to your point that we can trace gun control and it's I mean we'll, we'll get to this in a different and yeah. later on in the show. But I mean, uh, so Native Americans, of course, um, 
we were basically not allowed to sell or, or fix their firearms. And also, uh, I don't know if people are familiar with the Wounded Knee attack, mm-hmm. where they actually tried to disarm the Native Americans, and one of the Native Americans um, was tugging on the firearm, and he shot the gun, mm-hmm. and then that caused the colonizers to slaughter all of those Native Americans there, um, which left them defenseless. I mean, that, that's what they try to do. They, they, they Anytime they disarm people... It's never with a good intent. They always want to disarm us with the intent of ruling us and taking our rights away. When we look at history, I mean, can we not find times where the people have been disarmed and it's been all right? Yeah, China, um, Turkey, um, Russia, formerly USSR. I mean, Jews. I mean, they talk about the gun control laws in Nazi Germany where they were actually they were actually pretty loose. Except if you were a communist or a Jew. If you were a communist or, or a Jew, you were not allowed to own a firearm. They took your firearm away mm, from you. Mm. I mean, how are you gonna, and how are they going to defend? I don't agree with communism, but... Um, I you're still born with, people, with a certain right. You're still born with certain rights, even though you're wrong. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, and talking about a more current America, um, on May 2nd, 1967, over two dozen Black Panthers, they marched into the California state capitol to protest legislation that was going to be passed. That would strip them of the right to openly carry firearms. Mm. And the reason why this was so important is because the Black Panthers, they used to have police scanners, right? Where they were listening on yeah. what uh, where law enforcement was going, basically where they were arresting people. And they would show up armed, watching over the law enforcement, making sure that they're not abusing the person they're arresting. Because I know people get arrested, they do bad things. I mean, sometimes people rob, shoot, kill, steal, right? But they have the right still to have mm. their time in court. They are still innocent until proven guilty. Exactly. The mm. the officer is not judge, jury, and executioner. I mean, if we if we had open carry today, like we did back then, I don't believe a situation like George Floyd would have happened. Mm. I believe that an officer would have felt threatened that he knew there was people armed around him watching him yeah. murder a man right yeah. in front of us that they would have stepped in and done something. I mean... It, not only if... if- Open carry was legal everywhere, but if it was encouraged, if the if the mainstream media or mainstream narrative encouraged it, that wouldn't have happened. You know yeah. what I mean? And the craziest thing about this legislation that was passed, it by was support. Uh, it was supported by the NRA right. and Ronald Reagan. Isn't that nuts? Huh? And it talks about how gun, how firearms have just kind of been a a white man's club for a very long time. And I don't want to deny that that side of guns because guns have been a white man's. Sport basically yeah. have been a white man's game, um, and it shouldn't be that way because we should all protect ourselves. Yeah, and that's not to say anybody here is like, oh, we can't let white people have guns. Oh no, it's li- we literally are saying it's your natural right to have that right, but we want to make sure that we're like, we're pointing out and understanding that if that is our natural right, and it is, why, why, you know, why is it only white dominated? You know what I'm saying? Why is it so heavily white? White dominated, like what's going on here? It could be. Yeah. We could talk about culture. We talk about legislation. Like, a lot of things. There's you another know? piece of gun control that was passed. The literally the next year, 1968, which is directly tied to racism because they targeted inner city communities with uh, banning Saturday night specials. If you're not familiar with Saturday night specials, they're inexpensive, small caliber compact handguns. Mm. So I mean, today in America, I mean. We have CZ Rams, you have Glock 43s, you have a lot of firearms that are subcompact that you can conceal very easily. Um, but before, in 1968, they weren't actually made in America. Um, they were imported. Hmm. The federal government, they put a ban on importations of small caliber firearms with the, with the purpose to impact urban communities and inner city communities that they that's all they could afford they could afford these guns because they were cheaply made they were small they were easy for them to conceal and if it's a lady going home from work uh, she's catching the midnight bus she wants to have some a little protection in her purse i mean now she's not able to because she can as it is she's working three jobs to support herself and how's she gonna afford that handgun that now is in a she has to buy a a a very Nice six, seven, eight hundred dollar handgun. Where before she could yeah. spend one, two hundred dollars and bought herself something that hey, it might not be something that you're gonna get a, you're gonna be a sharpshooter with, but it's something that's gonna protect you and protect your life. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, and 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 you know, it, not only like I mean, we could even talk about uh, 
after you know what was going on in the South after the Civil War, all the black you know just one mm-hmm. of the main things that that once the South lost the Civil War, one of the main things that they they um, you know enacted was gun control yeah. for black people. You know what I'm saying? And mandatory minimum, yeah, like from that. the free slaves, and, and and we don't talk about this. You know, mm-hmm. um, nobody wants to talk about this. They don't want to because it's it's a dark part it changes of our the history. narrative. It does change the narrative. I mean. They don't want African Americans and Latinos to be armed, uh, which is the state. The state doesn't want us to be armed. Um, I mean, I remember reading about I forgot which uh, it was a it was a professor who he taught at a one of the um, HBCUs, mm. and they were constantly being harassed by by the Klan, and that the professor ended up he purchasing a firearm, and then one day they tried to harass him in his class and. I mean, he sent he sent the clan a message. Is all I gotta say about that, right? Yeah. And, and they never mess with them anymore. And even uh, you know, even somebody like you know Malcolm X understood the importance of MLK self, as well. Of MLK too, but as, uh, one of my favorite quotes by Malcolm X um, is: "Since self-preservation is the first law of nature, we assert the Afro-Americans' right to self-defense. The Constitution of the United States clearly affirms the right of every citizen to bear arms." As and as Americans, we will not give up a single right guaranteed under the Constitution. The history of unpunished violence against our people clearly indicates that we must be prepared to defend ourselves, or we will continue to be defenseless people at the mercy of the ruthless and and violent racist mob. And like a lot of that, it rings so true. You know what I'm saying? Like that's and that's so important. That's so important in these communities to have leaders that are saying, "No, like we're not giving up a single right." We're not giving up a single right that is not only a natural right, but that is at least codified in the Constitution, outlined in the Constitution. If it is outlined as a supreme law of the land, we will not forfeit. And it is a shame what these, what our communities, brown and black, you know, even white communities, the fact that we're willing to give so much, like so give much an up. inch, give an inch, every year is give an inch, every give an year. inch. Yeah, I mean, you give them an inch, they take a mile. It's really what it is. I mean, they're not stopping the bump stocks. Trump giving bump stocks. They're not stopping with bump stocks. Of course not. They're coming. They're coming for us. HR eight just passed in the House. HR one twenty seven is gonna get presented very soon. I mean, they're coming for our guns, and I don't want to be the <laughs> the conspiracyers, right? But I mean, they are coming for. They're coming for our AR fifteens. They're coming for any right. That's crazy because they only don't like AR fifteens because they're all they look all metal and they look like yeah. So they like, look like mil- but if military. if literally they put a piece of wood out, they're like, oh, that gun's fine. No, they, so you know it's um, <laughs> no, I know, and you know, but it's one one thing too is like the ignorance of firearms. People just don't know what guns are. No, you know what they I mean? don't know. They see a long gun; it's a machine gun, obviously. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They've never held a firearm before. I mean, that's and that's something that me and Matt are talking about doing about having an event where we want to just show people about firearms. And I mean, we're not experts. We'll definitely bring somebody along that is an expert. <laughs> but, right. yeah, I mean, it's important. At it's least, important you know, to get the message out for there. For one, you got to know your rights, you know, mm-hmm. so hopefully we can do something and, like um, that. But um, but I think that I, I, I'm I hoping that the the shift is actually going to be positive for, for gun owners. Uh-huh. Just with the fact that although we've had a terrible year with the pandemic and the riots going on, um, the one good thing that has come out of that is people have realized that they cannot rely on the government to protect them. I mean... They were going crazy over toilet paper. Mm. Think about how it would be if people were going crazy over food and water. And you had to actually defend yourself and your family and not rely on the yeah. police getting there in time. Yeah. 110,000 Californians have bought guns since coronavirus arrived uh, to our country. That's crazy. That's current to LA time. So about a year. Yeah. According to the that's FBI, just California. That's just California. And according to FBI data... Over 40 million guns were sold in 2020, and we're already going a record year for 2021. That's yeah. it's crazy, that right? I mean, it's so hard to find ammo. I mean, if yeah, you can find ammo, know, please hit me up. Maybe some of y'all shouldn't be buying guns <laughs> and stuff. Making it hard out here. Making it hard out here. <laughs> but um, uh, and the the previous record years, 2016 with 28 million guns, and uh, I mean 2017 with 27.5 million guns, and 2019 with mm. 28.3 million guns. I mean, that's 12 million guns over any other year. It's, I mean, it's, it's because people crazy. are suspicious, you know what I'm saying? As they should but be. One thing I want to go back to, what, uh, a point you made, and you, you made the point of saying, you know, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, they're taking our guns or whatever. And isn't it so interesting, like, we, like, first of all, when you say, when you call somebody conspiracy theorist or it's a conspiracy, it, it automatically 
it automatically delegitimizes the entire argument, right? Yeah. But it's so interesting that we have to we have to approach conversations like that. Like, well, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but but when you look at history, Am I and really you look at and you look at gun, gun confiscations, just look at the history and the nature of a state of states. States necessarily do not want you to be armed. States nope. have always taken taken steps to unarm the people. Always, it is just the nature of the state because they assume all power. You know, and they don't like and states by nature do not like um, disobedience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't like rebellion. States don't like revolution. Um, states necessarily want to disarm the population, but when we and when, and the history shows that the history shows that, and so when we approach these things, we often like will concede already and be like, oh, I don't want to sound like. Uh, conspiracy theorists, yeah. but it's like, no, no, no. If you're over here telling me that the government is going to take my guns and do nothing to us, you're the conspiracy theorist. Damn it. <laughs> you, you just went off. No, I'm sorry, but it's true, you, you know? You clap back. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, so. God. I'm going to call Candace Owens on you. <laughs> <laughs> <Candace>. <laughs> I'm going to call Cardi B. Cardi B. <laughs> they should just fight you. Uh, I'm honestly, so, like, we have, I'm sorry. Like, the no. Jake, Jake Paul hit up Cardi B and Cannons. Have a celebrity <laughs> boxing match. No, Cardi B will mop the floor, yo. I don't know, though. I mean, in a fight? Stop it. Cannons can probably move move around a little bit. No, I don't know. She just had a baby, but you know, I think Did she, she, just, she just had a baby. Oh, really? Congratulations, Candace. I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. But no, uh, Cardi B. Yeah. Will and she should do. She floor. should do the right thing by her baby and just get out of politics and just take care of her baby. You know. Amen. <laughs> it's pretty sexist, bro. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but oh, so, <laughs> oh, guys. But let's get into the last thing. Yeah, so we want to change the narrative. Yeah, so right when, when it comes to black and brown communities, there is. And I was going. I went on a little rant on Twitter today. But when it comes to black and brown communities, there is a disgusting narrative around guns, yo. And I see it play out all the time, whether it's when I'm talking about guns with friends, when I'm talking about guns with strangers, or just whatever. And one of the examples I just keep, I always think about, and I just think it sums up, like, what people, what minorities and people of color have almost been conditioned to think when it comes to guns. It's automatically, you know, um, violence, automatically gang gangs, automatically drug, like, criminality. Yeah. Automatically, crim, crimin, you know, it's criminalized, yeah. and I say that because not only because you know you show about about the narrative that's legislatively pushed uh, by the state against people of color when it comes to gun controls, whether it be the first gun laws against natives, whether it be strict ass gun laws when the black people are, when black people are freed, whether it be during Jim Crow or whatever, or from Ronald Reagan in the sixties, uh, like there's the narrative that's put that's just uh, hammered on us. Yeah. You know, and I, so I have a friend who a couple weeks, like, no, this was a while ago. I was telling him, like, yo, like, this was a while ago. I was telling him, yo, like, um, I've been thinking about getting a strap, uh, a gun. And he was like, his first reaction was, and my friend's black, you know, and his first reaction was, yo, like, you're not going to do anything stupid with it, right? Like, you're not going to go out there. And I'm like, nah, like, no, bro, that's not even the first I, thought I'm, in my head. I'm like, I wouldn't tell you if it was, by right? The way, no, right? but not even that, but it's just like, <laughs> when, when you say I'm going to get a gun, people automatically, especially that's in our mean. communities, Resort yeah. to that, you know, like, whoa, like, yeah. why? Like, like, first of all, what do you mean, why? Like, because it's my right and it's your right, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's your duty to protect your family should somebody come here, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I'm going to sound like a leftist a little bit, right? But um, and not a leftist in the ones to take your guns away, right? But in the sense that these communities, uh, Latinos, African Americans, they've kind of been traumatized with firearms that... Of what they what they see in the daily. I mean, they see they see murder. Yeah. They see uh, their kids getting shot, their family getting shot. I mean, I had an uncle who was who was robbed at gunpoint and killed. Mm. Um, so I can understand why somebody would be hesitant against firearms because they only see the they only see the tool being used. The tool being used, but I'm saying they only see themselves as a, as a victim. Mm. I mean, anytime they think of somebody with a firearm. That person they automatically assume to be a criminal. Exactly. Where so you can use it defensively. Guns do not have to only be used offensively by criminals. They can be used defensively by as they um, should by Americans as they should and as they were intended to intended to be used. Yeah, and I mean, if my uncle was strapped that day, maybe things could have been different. Yeah, and, and and you know, to go off that point, like I have no problem sympathizing with people. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I really don't because I understand like. Like just 
going off of you, yo, my bro, I lost my brother-in-law to gang violence. Yo, he was shot and killed. And so I understand, like, why, like, for instance, my, my mom, for instance, right? Ever since that, she's just totally, like, she hates guns. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and so people like this, I understand because you experience this trauma, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And you don't really, you don't know, like, what's the solution? Well, you hear a politician coming on TV saying, oh, like, this gun violence is crazy. Boom, it resonates with you because you lost somebody. Yeah. You know, we need, to, we need to ban guns. Okay, that sounds good. You know what I'm saying? But it's like... Then, I, you know, you sit down and you think, like, in terms of my brother-in-law, right? Uh, that night, what gun law would have saved him? None. What gun law would have saved him? Because I can g- almost guarantee you the person who was never caught, but the person that killed him, I can almost guarantee you, for one, murdering is already illegal. Yeah. Murdering is already illegal. Murdering, robbing people. You know what I'm illegal. saying? It's already illegal. Number two, I can almost guarantee you that gun was not legal. Come on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what gun law would have saved him? None. 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 Like people don't want to be people don't want to be rational because their feelings aren't rational. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean feelings are not. Spo- I mean that's the whole thing. Like it's emotion. Yeah. It's not rational. Um, but you're right to be. You're you have a right to be afraid of firearms, but you don't have a right to take mine, regardless. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and one thing we'll say: you have a right not to own one. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Whether I think it's foolish or not for you for you to take that position is different. Yeah. But you are entitled to that right, and that is your right. But I also have the right to protect my family. By any means, yeah. By any means necessary to protect my life. By oh, any means yeah. necessary. And even if you're if you're not into firearms or you don't really understand, I mean, you should take a class, learn something. I mean, I'm pretty pretty sure in, in most of uh, most of the states and counties they offer some type of self defense class with firearms yeah. things like that. You don't even need to own your own firearm. You can rent one, or they let you rent one with the class, and just learn about the firearm and, and try not to be scared of it. Because I mean. Before I ever held the firearm, because me and uh, my dad, we kind of bought our guns at the same time. Yeah. My dad was never a gun owner. He's not like a one of those people who goes uh, to the range every yeah. other every other day and goes to like those outdoor tactical ranges and things like that. Yeah, like, we're, not, we're not in. Yeah, we're not in that kind of community. Um, but especially with uh, my dad was one of the forty million people who bought a firearm mm-hmm. um, during the pandemic and rise because. He realized that we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if food supply is going to get cut or something. Or we don't know if uh, people are going to start breaking into houses, trying to trying to steal anything they can to feed yeah. their families. I mean... So, um, and going along with that, like, it, it sucks that, that he wasn't really into guns before because I didn't have anybody to teach me. But I'm glad now because we're learning together. Yeah. Because we go to the range together. We're learning about farms together. We watch YouTube videos together. Um, we do as much as we can together about firearms because it's important. Because when I have kids, I want to teach them mm-hmm. about gun safety yeah. and about the the importance of the Second Amendment, the importance of protecting themselves and their family, and mm. and to always be um, somebody who defends the defenseless. Because yeah. that's what it's what's what it's really about. I mean, you have to be able to defend people that cannot defend themselves. Because not everybody wants to own a firearm, and I respect that, right? But if you are able to own a firearm and you're willing to. Try to get your concealed carry and be out there and protect people. I mean, right now with the with the Asian hate, I I really think there is a solution. It's get strapped. I mean, the more strapped people we have out there, if we see somebody harassing an Asian American, African American, a street mm. vendor, we're able to defend them mm. and make sure that we can stop them in their tracks. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's about. Because yeah. I honestly believe if you're if you're out here harassing. And I'm not gonna feel any sympathy shooting you in the face. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, and so to go off of that, I think while I while I respect, you know, I do respect everybody's right not to own a gun. Like I said, whether I think it's foolish or not is a different story. But in terms of people of color, I I won't. I personally will not say that to them. Like to if I'm having a conversation about the Second Amendment, I won't say that say because what? yeah, I respect their right to not have it. But that narrative of just don't own a gun or it's so brainwashed in people's heads. I don't even want to bring it up, yo. I think we should be actively encouraging, yeah. encouraging people to get armed, especially people of color. All people, but especially people of color. And like you mentioned, this rise in, you know, so-called um, hate crimes against Asians, right? Yeah. Does anybody really believe, let's say for that horrible mass shooting that happened in Atlanta, if one of those women was able to practice Second Amendment rights yeah. more freely... If they were encouraged to do so, if if the if the you know mainstream media encouraged these type of things, would that dude have killed that many people? And I don't know. If, and also, off off of that story, 
I heard that one of the 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 guys who was getting a massage, he actually did have a firearm with him, but it was in his car. Mm. Because he wasn't allowed to bring it into a gun-free zone, yeah. and that's just unfortunate. Because imagine if he had it with him; I mean, he could have saved some lives that day. Yeah, um, and and rest in peace to those those lost souls. Because yeah, and it sucks, day, you know. Nobody wants to see anybody die from anything. Not like um, that. I mean, and and the thing that know. sucks about situations like this. So, like at the end of the day, what was it? Eight women that died. Um, eight people total, right? Well, so, or total. eight people total. There are real families right now that are still grieving horribly because their family member was just murdered, you know. And it so quickly becomes politicized, and it's so quickly used as an avenue to create more gun restriction because that's what feels good, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, that's what feels good to be on that side to say, "Oh my gosh, I I sympathize with you," and here's a solution: no more guns. You know what I'm saying? But we don't realize, like, for one, the contradiction in in criminals. Following gun gun laws, they're yeah. criminals by definition. They don't follow the laws. Yeah, I remember you seeing uh, Buena Park PD. They posted that they arrested a a violent felon because he had a uh, he had a a pistol with him, a Glock. And then the way the gun, the way the laws are kind of in California right now, they booked him, took his gun away. The next day, released him. Yeah, they literally arrested him that same day. They released him again for having another illegal firearm. And these people don't care. Violent people don't care. Like, people who are going to commit crimes don't care. They're not going to follow the laws. They're going to find ways to find firearms. And that's going to make... And all they're doing is um, when they commit crimes, these politicians, these elitist politicians who can afford to have security at their house anytime somebody wants to protest them, um, they put these laws in place and make it so much harder for somebody to purchase firearms. And it's not even about... Like, because I, I bought a firearm in California. And... It's just such an inconvenience, is what it is. Yeah. It's like, for people to want to take the time out of their day to actually go and buy a firearm, I can understand why they would be discouraged. Yeah. Because it's so much damn paperwork you have to take. It's just barriers. You have to wait 10 days on the background check and all, like, it's so much. And it's insane because most of it's not even going to stop anybody. Yeah. I mean, the law enforcement even said with the shooting that happened in Atlanta, there's nothing in his background that would have ever prevented him from, from buying a firearm. Yeah. Nothing because he wasn't, yeah. as far as we know right now, he wasn't a, a criminal. Um, he didn't have any previous. So like, he could have got the gun regardless. Regardless, whether it had been same day or ten day waiting period, he was just waited ten days to do commit the crime. Yeah, and and this. and that's one thing. Like that's why I get so riled up when it comes to the Second Amendment. One because it is your natural right to defend yourself, and literally nobody has the right to tell you you can't do that. Right, and also because. Because this narrative is pushed on, on our communities that automatically a gun is criminalized. Um, it's you know we're we're. Yeah. I mean, and and let, so when we talk about like Asian hate, right, or when we talk about sexual assault against women, when we talk about all these things, whether it's just violent crime in general, right? A lot of the narratives on social media right now, like if you say or if you say you know well th- just everybody should be strapped, people will say stop telling everybody to carry a gun, teach your son not to do that to daughters. You know, or not to do that to women. You know, bro, it is 2021. If you do not understand by now that you should not be sexually assaulting women, committing hate crimes against Asians, blacks, Latinos, or being violent against white folk or anybody, then you have problems. And those problems do not negate my right to self-defense, right? And I'm sorry, your little eight-slide Instagram pictures with quotes on it is not going to prevent that next Asian hate crime. That's what I'm saying. And, (laughs) and of course, we should be telling these people, you know, leave women alone. You should be teaching your sons respect women, you know? You should be doing all the things. But that does not negate the fact that there are people out there that just don't care. There are people out there that, that just do not care, right? We know these things are wrong. And this is why I say... That's why you should be strapped, you know? That's why I always say, like, when it comes to violence against women or sexual... Like, women should definitely be strapped. I think everybody should be strapped, but women should definitely be strapped. Like, that is the great equalizer for women. It is. You know what I'm saying? Women are not protecting themselves typically against a man. I mean, 110 pounds. Unless they five, have that. You know what five I'm saying? 5'4 woman, 5'5 five, five woman is not really going to do much against the average male who, even if they're not tall, they're 5'8", five, 5'10", five, whatever. They're 150 pounds. I mean, they're... There's nothing that a woman, unfortunately, can do to him. Unless, unless if she's like Ronda Rousey or something, right? <laughs> she, like, and as long as he doesn't have a weapon. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like the narrative around guns and minorities and women is disgusting, bro. You know what I'm saying? I think well, we've been ra- brainwashed to think that practicing our right to self-defense is shameful and it's selfish. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And the my, my biggest problem with this is that the people that push this on us the most call me whatever you want are the white liberals. 
Liberals it, in particular. It's elitist. But it is definitely like, I mean, my problem is you never hear these white liberals going to somewhere like South Dakota and preaching this shit. No. You never hear about these liberals going to, to rural Texas or to rural Tennessee or to even rural California. But they're always coming to places like L.A., to, San, to Santana. They're always coming to places like, like New York or like Pittsburgh or, you know what I'm saying, urban areas, telling, telling peop, those people that they should fear guns and that they should not practice the right to self-defense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Nobody has done more to disarm the minority, if you want to call us that, the minority than the white liberal and Ronald Reagan. Talk to me. You know what Talk I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, and I it's see. sick. And I and I think like like sh- shame on anybody that really does that, yo. Like you have brainwashed generations of people to think that it is selfish, or that you are somehow responsible for the actions of someone across the country, uh, for another gun owner across the country, because you possess a firearm to protect your family. People literally standing on the graves of dead people, trying to make gun owners feel guilty. You know what about I'm saying? Firearm. I mean, I saw this video of this one guy who uh, he cut his uh he had his AR-15 and then he cut it to show that he's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> against uh, against um, mass shootings. Yeah. We're all against mass shootings. Nobody wants freaking mass shootings. And then he cut his his AR and he just made it a little more illegal. Yeah. <laughs> he made it into a sharper rifle, basically. <laughs> and the uh, problem with people is like, so you you mentioned that you know we're all against mass shootings, right? Obviously, you know. Obviously. But the other side of this debate won't listen to that. No. They will he- like we hear their solution and we yeah. know that they're trying to end it. You know, we get that, right? But they don't recognize that we're trying to end it as well. Our solution is just different. So and then, when do they talk about the stories where people who own firearms prevent the mass Yeah, shootings? no, they never do. They never they do. They never do. And that happens actually quite frequently. But, um, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there was something in, what, Florida not that long ago. I think he was 10 years old. He killed an intruder. You oh, know yeah, what I'm saying? And God bless him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we should be teaching our kids to do these things. We should be teaching each other and community to defend themselves. I mean, like I said, you know, I, I, I know people who are part of the Asian community that are getting strapped, as they should. As and they it's should. a shame that some of them have taken so long to do so. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get uh, one of those um, those shirts with the guys on the rooftops in uh, Koreatown in L.A. <laughs> those Korean and, rooftops. And I those mean, are the OGs. Those are... You know what I'm saying? Those are the OGs. And those... We just... You know, we have to understand that self-preservation is number one. You know what I'm saying? We are, we are our own self de- first line of self-defense. Of defense. You know what I'm saying? We it is a right and it is a duty to protect our lives and those and our family and our property. You know, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why it just makes me so sick to hear a liberal tell me I don't have the right to do that. Yeah. Or they say, well, we're not coming for your guns, and then they want to create a, a, a universal registry. Yeah, you know every time there's a registry, there's always a confiscation. <sighs> every single time. You know? And so it's like, what can we do to, to stop this or to change the narrative, really? And I think that's why work, the work of people like Maj Trey is so fucking important. So impactful. So important. Like, he, un- he understands. He literally understands that, you know what? The black community has been brainwashed to think guns are, hor- guns are automatically criminal. Yeah. He understands that the first line of defense for an African American is that person. You know what I'm saying? He understands that the Second Amendment applies to everybody. You know what I'm saying? And he understands that there is uh, a culture of ignorance surrounding yeah. guns in these yeah. communities. And that's why he's doing the work. Yeah. And it's like, I question, like, what can we do? Because Mosh can't do it on his own. You know what I'm no, saying? And that's why we need to, you know, set something up or do something. But people just, not enough people know about their rights. Especially the right to self-defense. Yeah. You know? And when you live in a state like California, who the fuck wants to learn? Because it's so difficult. Like you mentioned, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's so difficult. And every barrier that is instituted by the state is only there as... um, as a way to to yeah. to you know encourage you not to to practice. As a way to... It's a disincentive. You know what I'm saying? As... Gun control laws are just as as racist as... Laws that prevent people from going out to to vote. There's a lot of voter voter laws that are racist, right? I do believe you should have an ID to vote, but I mean, there's a lot of racism when it comes to people trying to get out there and vote when they're cutting times and they're shortening they're they're not allowing that many voting polls to be out there. Same thing happens with firearms. Why why is it any different? They're both rights. Yeah, they should both be protected the same exact way. I mean, if you and it's funny because these people who believe that you can buy, you can go vote without an ID, do not believe you should be able to buy a firearm without an ID. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you I know, mean, it's it's. And which one? And which one is possibly more dangerous? You voting for 
certain people or I don't know. Me, voting me. is pretty dangerous, bro. Voting is way more dangerous. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. Voting is pretty dangerous. Bro. Not everybody should vote. That's the topic no, for another 100%, day. No, hundred percent, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that is definitely a good topic. <laughs> not everybody should vote, and you heard it here first, folks. But uh, but you know, and it's like, and not only like have we brainwashed these communities, have these communities been brainwashed, right, not to practice self defense, but we are seeing the real the results in real time. Yeah. Of these communities where you've pointed out yourself that they're just more, they just are simply more likely to be impoverished, right? They're simply, they're just, is more likely to be more crime, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now you're telling that single black mother of, of three that she can't defend her pad, her, her family with, with a gun, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You're telling, you're telling my mom, although she, my mom don't like guns, but you're telling somebody like my mom, a single mom of six, that she can't protect her home and her family with a gun or that she can't teach her kids. How to do it because it's it's so increasingly difficult in these states. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and I and I, it just it, that does blow my mind, bro. Because I'm like, yeah. who are you to tell somebody they don't have the right to defend themselves? And 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 uh, the left, you can't have it both ways. You can't defund <laughs> the police, and you can't support gun control. Exactly, that makes no sense. To and me. let's talk about that real quick. And that wasn't <laughs> even on the agenda. But so if you've listened to anything, well, the first episode, I guess, or you know who I am, you know I hate the police, and I and I'm in favor of abolishing the police. Now, the great contradiction of the left is, is that they want to either abolish the police or defund the police, and they also want to ban guns. So, first of all, who's going to confiscate the guns if you ban them? Who's going to enforce that? It's going to be the cops, right? But if the cops don't have no money to do it, how are they going to do it? Well, they can't do it. And it's like, and if there are no cops because you defund them or abolish them and you have no Second Amendment, how are you protecting yourself? Because like we said earlier, criminals don't follow laws, bro. That's why, like, for me, right, I'm like, abolish the police, right? But if you do abolish the police, there are certain things you have to do. And one of them is making sure that everybody has the full and equal access to the Second Amendment. I half agree with Matt. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you don't agree with abolishing the police. That's okay. That's okay. You know what I'm saying? We're we're different on that. You know what I'm saying? I don't agree with abolishing the police. Um, I do believe the police do have have roles. I believe that, unfortunately, they're... they're, uh, they're being stretched too wide on what they should be doing. That's the reason why they're they're doing a bad job. I mean, if you anywhere you work, if they make you in charge of the whole place, there's only so much yeah. you can no, do. You things are gonna go wrong. No, yeah, I mean, right? I mean, abolish the police, but whatever. FTP, <laughs> FTP, FTP. Yeah. But you but know you, we 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 cannot always wait for the police. No, and one thing like, we have learned, and one thing I think you call nine one one. You're waiting three to five minutes no, if they're rushing to you. It's disgusting. But one thing you pointed out too is like the right the the whole summer protests and riots, right? Has pointed out the, the the state will not save you. They want to protect you. They will not save you. you know I mean, what I'm saying? in Portland, there has been protests every single day since George Floyd got murdered. Every single day. Yeah. And what are the, are the police doing? They're not doing anything about it. Mostly because the mayor, Mayor Wheeler, doesn't want wants to do anything about it. Right to this day, so does, still does not want to do anything about it. Yeah. Um, that's that's happening all over the country. I mean, sometimes people do have to take up arms and protect their property and protect. Uh, their city. Yeah, and and coming from someone like me who hates the police, right? Who thinks the police are illegitimate, that the entire state is illegitimate, and somebody who I love to see, I love to see pushback against the police, right? But in terms of private property, these people who are burning down private property, damaging private property, is a prime example of why we need the Second Amendment. Yeah. Because if you're coming to my pad to destroy something that, first of all, I had nothing to do with you, but if you know what I'm saying? We should be right there, posted outside, strapped. And that wouldn't happen, you know, because we understand that the state will not save you. Like, they did not save so many property owners during the summer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's... And so many people died during the protests as well. I mean, um, there was a, a business owner who he had a, a TV shop where they shot him in front of his... I think in front of his name. He was a police... He was a former police officer. Uh-huh. Um, but he was just trying to protect his business and they shot him and killed him. Um, officer Darren... Darren something? I forgot his name. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, even we can look at the states that, you know what I'm saying, most freely allow access to the Second Amendment or to the right to practice the Second Amendment, right? And what are we seeing by the gun violence? You know what I'm saying? What are we seeing in the numbers? What are we seeing in, you know, those states versus states like California or Illinois or, or just urban areas like yeah. Los Angeles or Chicago? You know what I'm saying? Where there are the strictest gun laws. You know what I'm saying? Um, versus the states where they had the loosest gun laws, you know, and we could mm-hmm. do a whole episode just comparing those statistics. Um, we could talk about the fact that the United States has more guns than any country in the world, and yet we're not even top twenty in homicides, intentional homicides. You know what I'm saying? Like, we 
They don't want to be here with the facts, and the, Matt. And these narratives are never brought up in the mainstream never. media. You know what I'm saying? We're way too often, we're way too often conditioned to mm-hmm. run to the state and ask for protection. Even though we were just, you know, told a couple months ago that we need to go out and protest the cops who yeah. are the state, who we are running to for protection. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is like with the uh, Stop Asian Hate and um, Black Lives Matter is stop expecting the government to love you yeah really what it comes down to because so many people want their government to love them when your government is not there to love you they're just there to recognize your your natural rights and leave you alone that's really I what, mean, the that's what they there. should be that's what they should be doing yeah. right i mean there are things that people should be protesting that that there are injustices in this country which i totally understand and and uh agree with right um but people I'm saying. The, gov- the government <laughs> leaving people alone. People should not expect. The oh, people should. Yeah, people right? should not. Ex- uh, you gotta cut yeah, that right there. Nah. <laughs> you cut that. Remember that. Uh, <laughs> people, people should not expect everyone to love you. It's not the government's job to love you. You have to love yourself enough to protect yourself. Yeah. What it comes down to. Yeah. Um, and love you and your family, and that's all that really matters when it comes down to anything. You and your family, and you have to protect it by any means necessary. Yeah. Any means, and and that's why I think anyone that tells you you don't have the right, they're illegitimate. No, they're irrelevant. They should be irrelevant, yeah. and we should automatically just disqualify them from this conversation. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's people who've never had to, who never had to protect themselves. They they lived in nice communities their whole life. Yep. They live in communities where yeah, the the law enforcement's walking around all the time, and yep. they can be like, oh, hello, officer. The neighbors are sprinklers are hitting my house over here. Can you talk to them? Yeah. You know, those are the kind of issues they have. I mean, at the end of the day, what it is is somebody coming from Irvine, California to Santa Ana to talk to them about gun violence, right? Or somebody coming from Beverly Hills to lecture the people in Compton about gun violence. It's like, for one, you don't even live in this environment. You don't understand this context. The elitism is crazy going on right there, right? I mean, when when politicians are telling us that we don't have the right to protect ourselves with a firearm or that our rights should be limited to a a pistol only, let me see what the people that are protecting you are carrying. You know what I'm saying? Let me see see how many of those men in suits around you have a gun. So you have the right to that Mm -hmm. as a public servant. Mm -hmm. But me, as a private citizen, as somebody who... You know what I'm saying? You're already taking my fucking taxes. Like, I can't even protect myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're going to tell me what I can and can't protect myself with? No. Is, is... And it's crazy because they'll find any reason to want to take your, your guns away, right? And I find it crazy how um, when the when um, the Black Panther stormed the Capitol yeah. at, in, uh, in California, yeah. that I was watching some of the old news reports that were talking about how the politicians were scared and they were hiding under their desk. Yeah. That's very similar to what happened at the... Uh, Capital riots back in January, um, and I do not condone what happened. In Capital riots, that's terrible. I do. <laughs> and that's another conversation for another day. Uh, no, I mean I, I can. <laughs> it, it was people who um, wrong people, wrong message, right, right, right idea. Exactly, exactly <laughs> right. Um, because these politicians should be afraid of yeah. the people. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're out there cowering under their desk when they don't cower when they're voting to send. Send our brothers and our sons to war, yep. and our women as well, right? Yeah, uh, they're not they're not cowering to spend all of our our money and waste it. Yep, every single day. Yep. and increase the debt and deficit. Like yep. they don't. They they're don't not. Care. They're not cowering when they're supporting Joe Biden, who is escalating, who is escalating the demolition of Yemen, of Yemen mm-hmm. right now, and the Yemeni people by Saudi Arabia. Yeah, you know I what I'm mean, saying? They're cowering to Joe Biden right now. They're not talking about what's happening at the border. They cared so much when Trump was there. Yep. It's literally 700% worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, and statistically, it's 700% worse. And, than, and this is another thing I think we should all consider, right? We should consider who these people are, right? Yeah. So when somebody like, I don't know, Hillary Clinton or somebody like Nancy Pelosi, Nancy or, Pelosi or anyone is trying to tell you that you don't have the right to protect your family, Look at their voting record and look at how many wars they voted for. Look at what the role they played in, in wars. Look at, for instance, Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Look at her reign as Secretary of State. You know what I'm saying? Look at what she did with Libya. Like, let's look at yeah. what these people are doing. Let's look at the fact that they're silent when their president, Joe Biden, is bombing uh, Syria. You know what I'm saying? Like, are they really the people to be lecturing us on morality and violence? Like, already, let's look at, let's examine who is telling us this. Not just what they're telling us, but who is telling us. You Oof. know what I'm saying? Jeez. Oof. You know what Oof. I'm saying, though? That's a clap back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, and, and this issue gets so heated because it's, 
You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, for me, it's just like, who are you to tell me yeah. I can't? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, these are, Defend these, my family like this. These politicians, both sides, they're the most, most immoral people on the planet. No, literally. They, they have blood on their hands. Literally. They have so and they want to lecture hands. us. And they, yeah, they want to lecture us on That's the nature of the right. state. I mean, these are people who are protected constantly, 24-7 by security. Yep. And by, um, by guns. And, li- <laughs> and they're able to... Uh, well, everybody, thanks for tuning in to this episode. That's it for today. The Second Amendment, come and take it. Don't forget to like, share, <laughs> subscribe. Do what you got to do. Tag somebody in this uh, podcast. Yeah, share Spread this the podcast if you're feeling it. Um, and if you're not feeling it, it's okay. If you're not feeling it, then uh, you, you, feel it you have issues. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, everybody. So the next episode will be coming out soon. Um, we haven't decided on a topic for it, but it will be coming out. Your boy Matt right here. Stay strapped. Have a great night. <laughs> and that's Ryan. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah.